Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back to another episode. Oh, goodness, it's almost springtime. Willow trees are starting to green up. Are they? One in our neighborhood. Looking at the trees out there, some of them are starting to get a little bit of bud. that bud look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Like bud. That's one of your favorite words. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a joke for you. It's from, oh. it's from Anna. Okay. Oh, from Anna. Those yeah. are good. Yeah. This is not Maddie. Um, That's all right. She said she made it up, but she thinks she heard it from somewhere. Okay. So right. what did the lion give to the lamb on his birthday? Which I don't think is pertinent, but... Chops. No, a Lamborghini. Ooh. Way to go, Anna. It's a very uh, generous line. That is a very generous line. Um, okay. Matthew 11, mm-hmm. 20 to 24. Right. So I'm going to go out on a limb. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you touched on this. It's possible. I miss things sometimes. Um, this The cities or towns that were listed mm-hmm. here, Chorazin, mm-hmm. Bethsaida, Tyre, mm-hmm. Sidon, mm-hmm. Sidon, and Capernaum. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if you referenced, like, where are they geographically? What's the significance of them? Are they mm-hmm. Jewish cities, Gentile cities, et cetera? Yeah, they are both. I referenced it on Wednesday night uh, to that group that those three in particular, Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum are the three cities that are getting judged poorly. Mm-hmm. They're being reprimanded by Jesus. Those three are at the top of uh, the north end of the Sea of Galilee. And when I looked at the map and I thought, wow, it's kind of interesting. They're, they're, they form sort of a triangle at the top. It'd be, it would be similar to Mount Joy, Maytown, and E-Town. Okay. Kind of a, if Not you can Marietta. just get that. Uh, Marietta might have, been a, might have been a tad too far. How far is Marietta from Mount Joy? Three miles? I don't know. Because this was two to Marietta three miles. Marietta doesn't like to feel left out. They always feel like... Yeah, the, but it's further down, though. I was thinking of from Mount Joy over to Maytown and then over to E-Town. Like it's triangle. kind of a triangle. Gotcha. But I don't yeah. even know if that's accurate for here. But if you take those three towns that, that are local, it gives you a sense of the proximity of those three. And then Tyre, gotcha. and, Tyre and Sidon are the... Of course, they're the pagan cities mm. that... Uh, okay. You know, and, and Sodom, pagan, pagan cities. So they would have been... Jesus says those two cities, the pagan cities, Tyre and, um, and Sidon, and Sidon, and then also Sodom later. Right, they'd have been, they would have responded had the works done in these other cities been yeah. done in their it's cities. Amazing, it is amazing. That's a, quite a statement. Um, but they didn't get a chance to see it. Right. Yeah, there's a couple things going on there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why I said two or three times on Sunday, I, I don't have many answers for these things. Yeah, so some of the questions that came in this week are, are difficult ones, um, but I think, um, yeah, we want to think about the implications of them then, mm-hmm. obviously, beyond Sunday. That's always the goal. Yeah. Um, but some of these are qu- clarifying questions Good. for you. Yeah. Um, so on Sunday, you, you mentioned the body of death at the judgment. Yeah. The question is, which body? Our body we just left or a new body that we'll be getting? Yeah. So the way that question's worded is a little bit of a a mix-up in the context in which I was saying it. Um, What I was saying was that for as long as we live, 
we need to repent because of what the ancient scholars considered to be. They, they were using wording from Paul, but the, uh, the ancient scholars were talking about, we need to keep repenting throughout our lives because we are in this body of death. And it's, and I can't even remember the exact word I used on Sunday, trying to quote them again, and it's movings, I think was the word I used, coming from them. So this body of death is our bodies, mm -hmm. which are born in sin, enslaved to sin, apart from the Holy Spirit's work. Mm -hmm. And it's, the, it's this body in this shape spiritually that causes Paul to write what he writes in Romans 7. So if I remember correctly, Romans 7 provides the language that I was using, even though I was quoting uh, an ancient person that was, was saying it. So it's our current bodies. Mm -hmm. I forget exactly how that was worded, but yeah. what were the two options? Uh, our current body? Yeah, current. Um, yeah. Or the new body. No, it's this current body. So the reason why we repent daily is because daily I'm tempted to sin and, and uh, sadly sin more often than I'm supposed to, mm -hmm. should, yeah. want to. Okay, so that's yeah. the body. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, just, just to say to you and, and to us, the Beyond Sunday aspect of this is pretty clear with respect to repentance. So if it doesn't come up later, I'll just say it now, that uh, we do repent continually because of our, our situation in bodies that are still temptable. And that's probably not even a word, but it's, we are susceptible to temptation. Mm -hmm. We still have an appetite for sin. The Spirit of God does not override our old person um, constantly, continually, perfectly, that tug of war that's mentioned, I think, in Galatians 5, the spirit against the flesh, that's our plight, which makes repentance necessary. Mm -hmm. And one of the great things, remember, from Sunday, that, that the, the doctrine of continual repentance forming a preserving um, element for us is extremely precious. In other words, God continues to grant the gift of repentance to us and that repentance continues to keep us um, walking with God right to the very end. So there's a lot of comfort in that, that God has graciously provided a way for us to succeed for him. Okay. I've got three more questions, and I could go to any one of them based on what we just talked about. Yeah, but we're going to go yeah. to stick with the Day of Judgment, and then we'll move from there. Okay. So yeah. uh, can you explain a little bit more about number six? In the list of an yeah, introduction. Yeah, I felt bad, um, you know, fighting that clock all the time. And I really um, had a, a full paragraph at number six about the, the fact that the, the day of judgment is judgment based upon works, what we do, what we did, actually, let's put it in this proper tense, what we did for Christ on earth. So that's coming directly from, if you want to check this, a couple of places I'd like, uh, you know, you can if you're interested in this. John 5 is very specific around verses 27 and 28 that the judgment is going to be based upon what we've done, mm -hmm. the deeds that we've done. That will determine whether or not we're raised to resurrection, to judgment, or raised to life, mm -hmm. the two options. The judgment being the negative, the life being the positive. 
So John 5, 27 and 28, if, if I remember correctly, make it very clear that we're judged on the basis of the deeds that we've done as Christians. Mm-hmm. In John 6, interesting, and I picked this up from uh, one of my, uh, my primary go-to theology book when I was reading this section. And this goes back to, I need to do this quickly so this doesn't drag on, but this goes back to what I said about repentance being almost right up there with faith. Mm-hmm. as being a necessity for salvation. Mm-hmm. So in John 6, also around verse 28, you'll find Jesus saying that the work of God is to believe. This is very important. So I did say, if I could go back and, and listen to that live stream, I was talking about the connection between faith and works in the judgment, because I remember saying to myself and to the group, I'm going to correct, you know, I'm going to correct this later. We are judged on the basis of our works, but it's faith and works because it's our faith that does the work. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of mixing going on with those two terms. And John 5 and John 6 bear that out. So you'd want to go check John 5, 27 and 28 and, and then John 6, 28 to see that faith is considered to be the work that we're supposed to be doing but we're judged on the basis of the works that result from our faith. So I think you use the term faith-driven works. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's that number six that's being uh, asked about in the six out of the seven things about the day of judgment. The sixth one is that we're going to be judged. The criteria is our works. So we have to have evidence of genuine faith at the judgment in order to pass. Right. I don't know if that's sufficient enough for that question. Yeah, but. I think, uh, well, I don't know what it said. I don't remember yeah. what number six was specifically. But it was, we're, we're judging the base of works. Yeah. And, you know, and I just sort of gave that one liner. Right. And it starts to sound a little bit like a works-based salvation. Mm-hmm. Right. But faith is the foundational yeah. work. So yeah. to use the classic example of the thief on the cross, yes. his, his initial work that gets him in is his faith. Yeah, because he saw something in Jesus that the others didn't see, which would be, the, I think, the clearest and most concise way to put what happened to him. Mm-hmm. He saw Jesus in a different light. I mean, here they are thinking he deserved it, and he said he didn't do anything. So he, there's something about his understanding right. of Jesus that shows, to use the language for this coming Sunday, it shows that God was revealing something to him. And is that what you meant when you said repentance is so close to faith? So, yes, um, because... Um, faith is the only condition, but the, but the preaching is believe and repent. So repentance is, it, it is necessary because that's what faith does. Mm-hmm. Faith that apprehends the nature of, of God, holy, the nature of man, sinful, the nature of Jesus, a sacrifice for sin, that faith then must result in a turn as we did on Sunday the other day, that, that, mm-hmm. that U-turn effect, uh, taking myself, uh, turning away from sin, turning towards God and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So it becomes right up there with faith. Uh, but you, what you wouldn't want to do is you wouldn't want to say that the only condition for salvation is repentance. Right. Because can... then someone would say, go ahead, I mean, well, you know yeah, where that's going. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, check me. Mm-hmm. You can... Turn from your evil ways, yep. stop lying, yep. Yep. and start telling the truth. Yep. 
but not do it from a place of faith in Christ. That's right. It becomes a human effort, and uh, lots of human beings repent. Yeah, and without God, right? Yep. Moral they just, people. but it's just not the biblical repentance that showed up on Sunday, and and it was just my, it was my choice to say here are four elements of repentance coming out of that robust definition from one of the ancient. Uh, confessions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, what's on my mind coming up this one of these upcoming weeks? I'm teaching the worldview class downstairs. Yeah. And uh, differentiating between um, a biblical worldview and kind of a, a all American clean cut worldview. Yeah. So, um, like, I love watching the show Leave It to Beaver. Yeah. And the morals on that show are great. Yeah. Ethics are great. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's good stuff. Um, but there's not a faith in Christ uh, portrayed. So mm -hmm. you, just to be able to differentiate a moral human who, mm. you know, tells the truth, apologizes when they do something wrong, yeah. you know, works hard, et cetera, is responsible mm -hmm. versus someone who is repenting from their sin and turning to Christ as opposed to repenting and turning to yeah. really themselves. I'm, I'm going to be a better person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In and of my my effort. So when you said repentance is so close to faith, is it? Are you saying that faith? It's like faith's first act is a repentance, like John the Baptist. You know, earlier in Matthew, yeah. he says, "Repent and believe." Yeah, yeah, and, and notice like they, the order. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's just so so tightly woven in these early sermons that I I wanted to say it's the first. It is the first, yeah. But again, you'll notice that in, in the order of repent and believe, mm -hmm. you've got people that need to turn from their sin and turn toward this baptism of John. I mean, just talking yeah. about John in particular. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You notice that order works too. All right, I'm going to leave this life behind. I'm about to go in the water with John. Mm -hmm. There's a turning. So repent and believe. You, they're, they're together in that moment. Right. Just as almost we could do the same thing, right, with believe and be baptized. Right. Look how close that was in the early church. Is mm -hmm. baptism the requirement? Is is baptism the condition for salvation? I would say no. Mm -hmm. Faith is. Right. But you'll notice that you there it is faith and be baptized. Believe and be baptized. Repent and believe. You can see the how close these things are. You're not quoting Matthew there, are you? No, no, I'm or not. Just not there. No, right? Because Jesus is. Jesus also comes back and says, "Repent and believe." Yes. After John does. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, faith is the. Um, I don't know. Way yeah. I've always kind of pictured it in my mind as an illustration is, you stick a like a camping, uh, roasting fork into a fire, mm -hmm. and all of the. All the the embers, yeah, stuff yeah. fades away. But what's left there is what saves you, and what has to be there in someone's life is some element of faith. Yeah, yeah. And again, just so that everybody knows, you know, when we're talking about living this out this week beyond Sunday, faith and repentance are always existing together today with me today. They are there's you you don't have. You don't have genuine saving faith without repentance. Mm -hmm. Because uh, genuine saving faith is not just believing that Jesus died for your sins, but allowing him to. In order to do that, you have to turn from your sin. He has to deliver you. 
So you cannot mm-hmm. say, I believe, but I still hold on to my sin. That's not, that's not saving faith in Jesus. He's not your savior if you're not saved from your sin. Is there? And today when I was working this out for this text for the coming Sunday, it's the issue of both the, uh, both the penalty and the power of sin being destroyed by Christ. So salvation in this life, deliverance from the penalty of sin, I've received Jesus, I believe, but then the power of it, I'm receiving Jesus who now gives me the ability to get out from the slavery of sin and get into the slavery of righteousness. Again, repentance has to be a part of that. So there is no genuine conversion without repentance. Yeah. And then continuing to repent. That's right. We have the first time yeah. we would use the term justification, maybe if we were talking theologically, and then ongoing mm-hmm. daily sanctification involving, as I said Sunday, um, each act of confession could be an act of repentance if it's followed through. Right. Um, is it fair to use the word fighting as like a synonym to repenting? Like fighting the sin or to use Paul's language, putting it to death, like just continuing yeah. to yeah. repent. Because yeah. we, we keep, we turn, we repent, but then we turn back, you know, yeah. at times. No, we, that's a good, I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, it's a struggle. Uh, again, read Galatians 5 and you see that the flesh against the spirit tug of war in every Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Last question. Yeah. Um, you presented the idea that repentance is a gift from God, but if it's a gift, then how can the three cities be chastised for not repenting? In other words, yeah. how can they be punished by God for not being given a gift by God? Yeah. It's such a difficult concept, right? So faith also works this way. What's the famous verse that we um, <laughs> we should know pretty well? Um it's, it is a gift of God, uh, lest anyone should boast. Uh, Ephesians 2. Right? Mm-hmm. Two eight, it's like 2, 8, 9, mm-hmm. and even maybe 10 is in there. Oftentimes. But um, so I guess my answer is that just like faith, repentance is also necessary in order to be saved. Just like faith, repentance is a gift of God, to quote that Ephesians 2 for faith, and then it's in Acts, and I didn't memorize the references, but I checked at least there's two places when I was studying this for Sunday. I wanted to make sure that I had these these verses correctly, but, but you have in the book of Acts two places where it's clearly stated that repentance is a gift. You'll read it something like, God granted repentance to the Gentiles. So, that type of language about repentance being granted, being a gift from God, means that um, no one, uh, no one is able to be saved apart from the work of God. So I'll just start there. All right. In other words, we believe that the Bible says that no one is saved apart from the work of God. Mm-hmm. God must do a work. However, the culpability or the, um, the fact that um, the three cities can be judged even though they weren't gifted mm-hmm. is because of what the Bible says about how many have sinned. Mm-hmm. 
And the answer to that is all. all. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, you know, first of all, I don't pretend to know how this can work, but the Bible presents this incredible truth that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means everyone, to use language from John's gospel, the people that haven't believed are condemned already. So therefore, the, so the, the entire human race is condemned mm-hmm. apart from uh, prior to faith. Then when the gift is granted mm-hmm. uh, by the mercies of God, or by the grace of God, for, for by grace have you saved uh, through faith, that it's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. That text is coming back to me a little better, that Ephesians 2, 8, 9 text. Mm-hmm. That's just purely God's grace. So to say, how can he hold them accountable when he didn't give them the gift is to forget the fact that they're already condemned. Right. So what I can't answer is I can't make sense of that, that God is going to hold people accountable that did not believe when only those that when the only ones that believe are those that he chose to it'll come up uh, it, uh, watch for this on sunday it'll come up again no one knows the father except the son no one knows the son except the father and i'm sure i got the order incorrect but there's a third element the only people that can know god the father are those to whom jesus chooses to reveal that to so again, we'll have that same concept of God's sovereignty mm-hmm. in deciding who gets in. So it's a really, it's one of the most, I think probably the most difficult doctrine yeah. that I would, you know, that I would try to wrap my mind around. It's a hard one to wrap your mind around and it doesn't uh, settle well with our modern sensibilities. No, um, not at all. So a follow-up question here then is how is repenting something that we do, able to be a gift, something we have? Does yeah. that mean that God's making us do something when we repent? Yeah, so again, you know, the question, I appreciate the depth of the question. Uh, a couple of us were talking last week about the, um, actually, this might have been Darren and I, when we were together on Friday, talking about, you know, how free are we? Mm-hmm. I mean, how free is a human being if the universe is determined and ordered by a sovereign God? So I, I might, you know, I might talk to you all about, we talk about relative freedom within the, within the atmosphere of a sovereign God. So I, I'm, I would start there, mm-hmm. you know, how free are we? Relative freedom. You know, how free are we really? Uh, there's been a lot of illustrations to, to try to understand this. I, don't, I think they all break down, but um, so this repentance is a gift because this is the ability to do something that a human being who's dead in sin could not do apart from God. In other words, the, that U-turn from sin to God can't, can't happen by someone, according to Paul in Ephesians, who is dead in trespasses and sins. Until resurrection happens to them spiritually, they can't move toward God. So I forget the way that's worded at the end. Does that mean that God's making us do something when we repent? Yeah, uh, making us do something is not the issue, uh, even though, uh, again, it, it seems to be that way. But God, in his sovereignty, moves in on us in such a way that we freely act toward him. 
Mm-hmm. And that's really the only way to describe it. Now, by the way, you folks that are, um, and not, not folks plural, but you in particular, if you are, if you're serious about this type of stuff, this is why reading the, the early confessions is so important because these, these early pastor theologians, they dug in deep to questions like this to try to explain it as best as they could against certain heresies. So I, I'm just, I, I benefit almost every day from these confessions. Just I'm, I'm becoming a better theologian, I hope, just by thinking harder uh, about such things. But um, it's not that God makes us do these things. He sets us free to do them freely. Mm-hmm. It'd be the way I would put it. But I certainly don't pretend that that answer is as good as the question. Yeah. Well, um, if, since the beginning of the church, they've been trying to explain this, and no one's been able to do it oh, yeah. because there's a biblical tension there yeah. that you're making clear, and there's just no way to do it because the Bible puts both in front of us, right? And we're not going to resolve it, right, in our minds, right? And we've said through the years. I think we're better off to let the tension stand, mm-hmm. not not get it figured out, because it apparently trying to figure it out means that we are going to side one way or the other, which means one side gets cheated, or the balance of trying to achieve balance, uh, the balance that's the result of saying, let's try to move toward the middle, it seems to um, cheapen it. Yeah. So I would say just let that tension stand. But I will say again, this is in my head because of the weekend. Lord willing, on Sunday, we will we will be confronted with our tendency to um, we will probably our tendency is to criticize what Jesus takes pleasure in with respect to God's sovereignty. So. Hang on to that for Sunday. You'll see it because we all feel it as human beings. It's like, this doesn't seem fair. Mm -hmm. And then then Paul's answer, remember, to these types of questions in Romans 9 through 11. Do you remember? He answers by saying, who who is the Mm -hmm. clay? Who gives the clay the right to say to the potter? Mm -hmm. So Paul gives what I consider to be a kind of a non-answer. But it was the answer that human beings needed. We can't, we cannot judge God. Mm-hmm. And the word of God is strong about his, uh, in this case, the fact that he does give faith as a gift to some. He does give repentance as a gift to some, but not others. And those others that don't repent and don't believe will be judged mm-hmm. fairly, justly. So, so rejoice. Phew. If you've been given the gift of repentance, I tried on Sunday to say you should thank God for, you should thank God for this because wow, yeah, it's not a given. No, most of the world, yeah, will, most of the world will not accept the claims of Christ mm-hmm. and the salvation that goes along with it. Good deal. It's so not a good deal for them. No, but it is a good deal that we're wrapping up. That is a good deal. We're finishing up chapter 11 on Sunday? Uh, Lord willing, yes. Okay. Yep. Good deal. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. If you have any questions, email them into podcast at cbcmj.com. 
Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's Excellent. Right. Yep. We're ready for you. And right. uh, <laughs> we will see you on Sunday. Thanks for being with us. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.